I have children for you, and I've known them before the foundation of the world. You don't know who you're gonna dance with, but you know you're gonna dance. God just doesn't want to be with me in all the good moments. He wants to be there when I'm in my car, after work, crying. God has woven a tapestry in us and has taught us so much in these past years. This is West Side Stories. Today on West Side Stories, Atlanta Westside pastors Stephen Gilchrist and Walter Henniger are joined by Westside member Angela Oliver to discuss her role at the Center for Disease Control, also known as CDC. Angela began working for CDC in 2010, and she played a pivotal role in helping form and influence the policies that helped the United States prepare for and grapple with the COVID-19 pandemic. While we can't go into specific details about the goings-on at CDC, This is an interesting conversation in the processes involved in CDC decision-making, as well as a blueprint for the scope and scale of CDC's work. It should be noted that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of Atlanta Westside Presbyterian Church and Angela Oliver, not the CDC nor the United States government. So with that in mind, let's hear more from Angela, Walter, and Stephen. I am Walter Henniger, Senior Pastor at Atlanta Westside, and I'm delighted to be joined here today by Pastor Stephen Gilchrist. Hey, what's going on, guys? And our very special guest, Angela Oliver. Hi, glad to be with you today. We are eager to talk with you, Angela. Uh, The thing she won't say is that she's kind of a big deal. (laughs) So we're going to talk to her a little bit about what she does. So Angela, let's just dive in. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do for a living? Sure. Um, And I do have to give a little disclaimer at the beginning that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast today are my own and not those of the CDC or the United States government. So there we go. That's out of the way. (laughs) You know, actually, Stephen and I need to do the same. Our views do not represent the Atlanta West Side or Or the the PCA PCA, or just decent folk in general. Amen to that. (laughs) So I, as you said, work at the Centers for Disease Control Prevention, the CDC, here in Atlanta. I've been there for about 11 years now. So in my new job, I work for the CDC director. My office is responsible for updating the executive branch on um, the work we do at the agency. So we do a lot of HHS and White House reporting. Um, And we also do all the official correspondence on behalf of the director. So uh, was there an aha moment for you when you realized that you wanted to study law and then specifically? specifically working in this field with the CDC? Sure. So I went to law school not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I think I was still trying to figure it out. I was actually a math major in college at Vanderbilt, (laughs) not really knowing what I wanted to do. I thought about teaching for a while, but it didn't seem like it was going to be the right path for me. And then I went to law school, still trying to figure it out. And I did several different federal internships in law school. Um, I interned with HHS. HHS, Health and Human Services with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and kind of saw that I wanted to do government work and wanted to work in policy. And so from there, I also interned at CDC and really liked the work of public health. Um, I also had a law school professor who was just really inspiring and he really like pointed people towards public service, community organizing. And he told a story one day that like really stuck with me and it was something that I remembered going into my career. 
he told this sort of parable of a villager who was walking around the hills and he found a man lying on the ground who had been hit by a falling rock. And he said that he went back and he cared for the villager and bandaged his wounds. And the next day he saw more people who were injured and the next day even more. And he kept going back to care for them. And finally, there was a villager that went to the top of the mountain to figure out why the rocks were falling and how to stop them. And so the point of the story being, it was caring and loving to care for those people, but it was also caring and loving to try to figure out how to stop the rocks from falling. And so I just thought about how much impact you can have working on big policy change and working within a big government agency and figuring out ways to help with big problems. And you've certainly had the opportunity to do just that. Maybe more than you bargained for. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something that I think any of us really anticipated in our careers would be something that we'd be faced with. Well, which a few years ago, people might not uh, have the CDC as much on their lips as we have in the last couple of years. And it, we can only assume it's been a challenging time for anybody working at the agency. And so uh, can you tell me about one of the most difficult periods working at the CDC during the pandemic? Like, was there a particular day that was... It's especially challenging. Yeah, so it was an interesting time. Um, it still is. <laughs> um, so the CDC has something called the EOC. EOC, Emergency Operations Center. Which we activate for emergency responses. And it's staffed 24-7. It has this incident management system, which is like a military-like system with all these task forces and different roles and responder responsibilities. And so this is something the EOC has been activated for any major response, whether it was anthrax, H1N1, Ebola. But this is by far the biggest um, response CDC has ever seen. I think uh, about 10,000 CDC staff supporting the COVID-19 response. It's really huge. During the COVID response, you, know, you never knew from day to day what you were going to get. You would just wake up in the morning and it would be a complete surprise. And I think, you know, with any sort of like trying time with changing information, there were often people who would be not happy with you. And um, this is, I think, first time in my career where I've been like yelled at or screamed at on the phone by people. And um, that's hard to take. It's hard to deal with and to separate out and to not take it personally. Um, and just working those long hours too um, and just like not being around other people and having everything be virtual and like processing through that. Um, one of the things that actually really helped is my former quad leader at Westside set up a little meal train for me when I was working with the longest hours. And it just made the biggest difference to have someone from church just every couple days drop tacos outside my door and talk to me in my front lawn. And she just sent it out to close friends I have from church and just saying, you know, Angela's working a lot. Let's just like stop by and check in on her. And it made a huge difference because I think in that time of like isolation and dealing with really unhappy people, it made a difference to be in community. Mm. That makes me really proud of those. I want some of those tacos, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to talk about that offline. Angela, can you uh, tell us about one of your most optimistic, rewarding experiences working for the CDC during the pandemic? Sure. I really loved working in the EOC. Um, I really got to meet some of the most amazing people working in my job. Um, but I really think one of the most rewarding experiences was a piece of work I'd been working on for almost six years before the pandemic that really the pandemic brought to light. Um, I'd been working with a program called the Advanced Molecular Detec Detection Program, which is a mouthful, or AMD. It's a small program, um, but what they were tasked to do was to help expand genetic sequencing of viruses, um, 
both at CDC and in state and local health departments. This became relevant during the pandemic because this is how you track variants. And it's not something before the pandemic that people really understood or saw the relevance of. And so I spent six years really trying to help communicate this to policymakers, to Congress on why it was important. And then the pandemic comes around and fast forward to 2020, and this becomes really important. We're seeing viruses mutate, we're seeing COVID variants, and now it's important more than ever that we sequence these viruses. So the relationships that we built for six years start to come into play. People start to understand why it's relevant. We start to build on it. Um, and to make a long story short, they ended up getting a lot of funding from Congress to build this like national network of sequencing. And it was a really huge accomplishment for the program. And I had a small part in it, but it was a tangible thing that I could see, like the results of all the work we had been doing, why it's important to communicate clearly why we do what we do. Um, and this is something that hopefully will have an impact and will help um, them to find more viruses, to catch them faster, and to impact public health. Well, it would have been important had even if COVID-19 had not come around, but it's, it's the timing, it sounds like, was just extraordinarily... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it really was interesting. Our last trip to D.C., the last one I took for work was in January 2020, and we were briefing the Hill directly on this program and why it was going to be relevant. And those meetings and those relationships then came into play really quickly. It's easy to forget that we're talking to you as an attorney because you've clearly had to learn so much about biological sciences? Do you feel like you've gotten kind of a whole ed secondary education? Yeah, it's been really fun. I'm learning a lot and my scientists are really patient with me <laughs> and I appreciate that. And it's just been fun to see the work that they do. I mean, it's really remarkable, the things that go on at the agency and um, getting to see that firsthand and helping them to communicate why it's important to people that don't understand science. Mm. Anything you've learned in the process that's uh, not just about uh, doing your job better or about the, the pandemic, but just about being a, a human being, living your life before God? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, my job has taught me a lot. Um, it's taught me a lot about myself, um, and it's taught me a lot about leadership. I've learned a lot and grown a lot professionally and personally through my work. Um, I think when I was in the COVID response the last time, I that was the biggest leadership role I had ever been in before I got permitted. And um, on the last day of that, they actually, the, my staff and all of the policy team members that I supported uh, surprised me with a Zoom call where they all went around and said things they were thankful for about me as a leader. And this taught me a lot about myself that I couldn't see. Um, they talked about a lot of things that surprised me. I mean, they talked about some work-related things, my ability to process information quickly, see the big picture, like good judgment and decision-making. But then they all talked about how they felt like I cared about them as people. And I just thought that that was really interesting that they thought it was unique and that they wanted to call it out. And so I think this struck me as like, it struck me as something important. Like when you're doing the work that God calls you to do, that it shows to other people and it impacts how you do that work as well. My work has also taught me a lot of, uh, about how my voice matters and having more confidence. I think this is something that I've grown a lot in through my job. In the last part of the COVID response, I was part of the senior leadership team. And so it was a small group of people that met every single day. Um, and we were the ones that made big decisions. And everyone went around and sort of told their opinion. And I represented policy. And I was the only one who did. And so it was important for me to speak up. And they wanted to hear what I had to say. And it helped me to realize that what I have to say does matter to people. So my work has grown me a lot, and I think um, the Lord uniquely put me in this position to teach me these things, which um, I'm thankful for. Angela, could you tell us some, something that you've learned about perseverance through all the, your work? 
Yeah, I think it's really shown me that God's been faithful in the little things and doing the little things really well. Um, I think you even talked about this in your sermon last week, Waller, that he puts us in specific places and doing things with excellence matters. Um, Even in the six years, I really always enjoyed that job and I enjoyed interacting with people and trying to do the job well. I think part of my job is helping scientists communicate with truth and integrity. And I think that that's always worth doing. And so I think, you know, perseverance, you can look back and see the work over a long period of time, but it's just, I think doing the little things well that you're presented with day in and day out. Yeah. And especially, uh, it's such meaningful feedback that the people you work with see you're you're paying attention to individual people mm-hmm. and seeing them as people. And I think that's, I mean, that's the way Jesus related to every single person that mm-hmm. came across his path. And um, that's super encouraging. It makes me proud proud to be your, your pastor even more. Um, the you know one other thing that that strikes me about all this that growing confidence and I, and I see it in you too um, professionally and personally is I would imagine you you really need that confidence in in such a volatile time where everybody's got an opinion about what should or shouldn't be done uh, how how do you maintain that confidence in the face of criticism, static, the, the all the stuff floating around out there. Um. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I really trust the people I work with a lot. I feel like they have a lot of integrity. I have a great team of people that um, I feel like really support me. And I think it's just staying focused on that and staying focused on the task. And I work now... Um, for the chief of staff, for the CDC director. And I just, it's people who really want to mentor me and help me to develop. And it's people I really trust. And so I think that that's important. And it's just staying focused on what the job is before you and what you're tasked with. Hmm. What a gift to have so many people you trust that you work with. Um, Sounds like a sort of a blue chip crowd in general. (laughs) So Angela, you you have a, a interesting run what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were young? What did you dream of being? That's funny. I think it's not even related to anything I do. I think I wanted to be a singer. <laughs> I do like to sing. I still do. Um, and really? so I think that's, you know, it's always been a fun hobby for me. And I think that's what I always wanted to be. But as far as um, where I ended up, I don't think I ever saw my career taking this path. I just think it was... Um, it really was the Lord's provision just dropping me into where I ended up each step of the way. I graduated from law school in 2010 at the bottom of the economic crisis, and a lot of my law school friends really struggled finding positions, and I um, just happened to get into this fellowship program that places people within the federal government, and I ended up at CDC, and it ended up being the perfect fit for me. Well, I, I've just got one more question for you, Angela. Uh, after the experiences you've had over the last few years, do you do you imagine God differently now, a uh, couple of years in, than, than you did before? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that's interesting for me is I think when the pandemic started, you know, I um, just really sort of doubled down on things. I, you know, I've always adhered really strictly to the guidance. I'm like, I can do this and really leaning on myself in it. And I think the Lord really uh, broke me of a lot of that. Like, I can't control everything and I can do the best that I can. But at the end of the day, he's in control and he's also the provider. He provided in ways that I didn't know I needed. I feel like I've grown closer to community throughout the pandemic, which um, is just really surprising and not something I would have expected. I don't think I really ever felt really alone. I felt like I always had people around. And so God provided for me in ways that I didn't even know I needed in the pandemic. That's beautiful, Angela. Yeah, Angela, seriously, 
a joy to have you with us, Stephen. Thank you, brother. Uh, this has been a, a really enlightening conversation, and I just want to say thank you for the work that you do to serve our community, uh, our nation, even globally. And uh, it's a lot of sacrifice, and your labor is not in vain. Thanks. Thanks for having me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to West Side Stories. And special thanks to Angela for chatting with us today. Today's episode was produced and directed by me, Corey Fleeman. It was co-produced and hosted by Stephen Gilchrist and Walter Henniger. Our editor was Tim Lane. Original music was composed and performed by Tim Lane. If you enjoyed today's episode, we hope you'll share it with friends and family. A positive review on your streaming service of choice would also be appreciated. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.